allow me, this is the second to the last of this uh, family series. We will go on from here to Kingdom Church. I've uh, got one more sermon, and we're going to do it in a special way. I'm sitting down with the praise dancers. I'm sitting down with Terranetta, and we are going to uh, try to flesh out what I got in my head. And we will do it together. Um, pray for us. Amen. Amen. The sermon topic today is experiencing the love of Christ, love without limits. It really is the premise, it really is the foundation for all that I've been talking about. I really tapped into it a little bit last week when I dealt with Ephesians chapter 5 verse 32 that said that this is a profound mystery where I am talking about Christ and the church. That's where I'm going today. That's what we're going to tap into is the love of Christ for us. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, it will come up on the screen. The scripture that we're going to use this morning is out of Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, verse uh, 14 through 20, out of the Amplified. Amen. I won't be able to deal with it in its entirety, but I will give an overall view of what Paul is saying. Paul begins to write, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan of salvation plan of salvation by which you are built together in Christ. I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant, may he give to you out of the rich treasures of his glory that you would be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in your inner man, in your spirit man, by the Holy Spirit himself dwelling in your innermost being and personality. I pray that may Christ through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, uh, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts, in the innermost part of you, in your spirit. I pray that you may be rooted deep and in love and founded securely on the love of Christ. I pray that you may know the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, that is God's devoted people, the experience of that love. That you may come to know, I pray that you may come to know what is the breath, the lift, the height, the depth, 
of it. I pray that you may actually come to know and practically through experience of yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses the mere knowledge without experience that you may know and be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. What that means, I will explain in a minute. You may sit down. Father, even now, Lord, move Tracy out the way, allow there to be an anointing of preaching. Allow your spirit to just take over. Lord, thank you for your presence this morning. Allow your presence to continue to be and even increase as your word is being preached. Lord, even now, Lord, even now, be glorified, Lord, be exalted, Lord, be lifted up, even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Some would wonder, how did we get here? You was talking about marriage and the man and the wife, the husband and the wife. But to be honest with you, that this is the first premise. This is the first principle. Without knowing the love of Christ in your life, you really don't know how to love with agape love. I, I think that our human language, sometimes the, uh, our English language really hinders us instead of help us because a word defines too little. The word love really in the English language defines very little because I can say I love ice cream. I can say I love my car and then turn around and say I love my family and it makes no distinguished difference between the love but there's no way you can love a thing as much as you love a person at least you shouldn't. <laughs> and, and many I'm sure in, in many young ladies ears uh, 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 your boyfriend in years past or even today would whisper if you love me you will. And really what he's saying is, I lust you so you ought to. Well, we don't distinguish between the meaning of it. So, so many times this love thing, we really don't understand it. We think it's just an emotion. We think that if my heart pity patter pat pat pit 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 patter patter pat pat that I'm in love. But, but, but when you dig deeper, when you dig into the original language, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, it defines love in at least three words, sometimes four. 
There is, in the Greek, there is the first word of phile, like, like Philadelphia, and it means brotherly love. It's, it's friendship. I cross over into the Hebrew, and it's raya, and it is a friendship love. And if you don't understand that friendship love is not the type of love you get married off of, In, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the, in the Greek, the, the sexual love, the physical is eros. In the Hebrew, it's dull. And many times we go to Eris and dull, and Eris and dull will make you think you're in love, and all it is is hormones. We put the cart before the horse, and we get married to the cart and forgot about the horse. <laughs> and wonder why it ain't going nowhere. Because we don't understand how God has laid things out. We go about making our own way and, and then we're living in a curse because Satan has cursed everything God hasn't blessed. So, so the premise today is to not move out of marriage, but move into the source of where all love comes from. Because my Bible tells me in 1 John chapter 4 that God is love. That means that without God, you really don't have love. And when you go into a Greek, it means agape. That means giving love, not selfish love. That means unconditional love. That means that I love you regardless whether you love me. That means a love that will make a sacrifice for you. Matter of fact, when you see Jesus on the cross, that's agape. That's agape. He died on the cross while we was yet sinners. And he did it for us so that we can be part of him. That's a God bad. And many times when, when, when we are dealing in relationship, we, we never tap into agape, because let me explain something to you. Unless you experience agape, you can't give agape. But you know it or not, God even requires us to give him agape. See, we can sing all these love songs and I love Jesus and get emotional and all that. But then Jesus comes back in the Gospels and he says, if you love me, obey me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we are weeping and crying. And he said, and we sing a love song, come by y'all. And he said, if you love me, obey me. Because love has to be more than just an, a, 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 an emotion. It is a decision of the will. It's a commitment of our desire. Listen, listen, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. God will tell you to do something you don't want to do. And what makes you do it is that you love him. Oh, oh let me speak to this side. See, God will not always tell you something you want to do. Many times he would tell you something you don't want to do. 
And what makes you do it is, listen, not that you fear him, but that you love him. Listen, fear may have gotten me in the door, but you know what keeps me in the door? I love me some Jesus. <laughs> oh, listen, he has proven enough to me. He has done enough for me. See, see after a while, it gets past emotions and it gets to the place where you know he's good. See, I'm not talking to folks that, that's on the outside. I'm talking to some folks that they got deep on the inside and that you have experienced enough of Jesus that it really doesn't matter what it costs you. You have made up your mind. You want to walk with him. You want to talk with him. And even if it costs you some comfort, God's been good enough at this point Paul sees this as part of the salvation plan. And he says, and, and, if, and if you go to Ephesians chapter 3 and begin at that verse uh, 14, if you go into the Message Bible, he says this. He says, for this reason, sin, sin, the Amplified says, see, I see this. Your knowledge of how and why God saved you has to get beyond he just died on the cross. Most of us say that with no emotions involved because we don't see what it cost him. We, we got a intellectual, we got a, 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 a theological understanding, but, but, we, but we haven't entered into that we recognize, hey, he did it for you. God, God says, he says, love me with all your heart, soul, and mind. And so he said, I want all of you. I don't want part of you. And until it gets down on the inside, it, it really is a superficial love, which means then, you know, sometimes we hot, sometimes we cold. Matter of fact, maybe we're not all that hot at all. I went to church for you, didn't I? But it's true because, because, because when what you see, what he has done, it moves you beyond superficial love. Paul says in the Message Bible, he said, when, when I see what you've done, he said, I have an involuntary action. He said, I fall on my knees. When I recognize what he did for me, when I recognize how he set me free, when I recognize the power that's invested in me, he said, I got the can't help it. I fall on my knees. I don't understand folks who don't shout sometimes. I don't understand folks who never raise their hands. All I know is they don't see what I know. That they don't understand what I know because I know what he did for me. I got the can't help it. He loves me. 
gotta be get beyond a theological standpoint where he says, he said, Paul in this prayer, he said, Lord, help them to experience. Experience. And I, 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 I not only just want to captivate and in all your mind, I want to move your heart. He said, he said, he says, I, I want it to be so tangible with so much substance that nothing even rivals how much Christ loves you. He know, so watch this. So he's saying then that this love I can experience. It's just not talk. It's not Sunday morning jargon. It's, it's something that, that, that will wake you up in the middle of the night and you raise your hand. It's something that, that you read your Bible and tears are running down your face. It's something that while you drive your car, the Holy Spirit will say, I love you. I love you. And, and if you don't watch yourself, you're praising God while driving. Hey, you know what God would do? God will love you so good after you've been so bad. Deserve a whooping. And the Holy Spirit will come and cover you. And tears will start welling up in your eyes because you know he, he ought to whoop you. Instead of whooping you, he reveals to you how much he loves you. What I discovered is you can't give that love if you haven't received that love. Your capacity to love anybody else is based on how much of your heart you have opened up to let God love on you. Maybe that's why we talk about each other. Maybe that's why we roll our eyes at one another. Maybe that's why we, we sit on this side of the church and someone we're not talking to sit on that. Maybe that's why we get into fights and schism and everything else. It's not an obedient problem, it's a love problem. Because why this? Because if he don't have our hearts, we can't be obedient anyway. Uh, you, know, you know, don't you hear God saying, he said, I, I, I'm sick. Revelations, Revelations chapter 3. Why are you sick, Lord? He said, I'm sick at the stomach and I'm throwing up. Because that is really the real reference points of what's happening. He said, why are you sick at the stomach? Because I have loved these people and they're not loving me back. I wish they were hot after me. But they lukewarm. He said, it would be better that they were cold because then they would know that they're cold. 
but they think they're okay and expect me to be satisfied with no return. Look, turn to your neighbor and say, God made an invest- investment in me. It is him pouring. Listen, we, we sung the song this morning. Say, 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 I got some seeds. Planet. And I'm waiting. I'm gonna, I, I, I'm a soul. And I'm expecting. Uh, see, you know what? We get excited about that because, you know, you know, because we say, yes, it's coming. My season is coming. When is God's season coming in our lives? Because nobody has made an investment like he has invested in us. And he is looking for us to be reciprocal. That's what Paul is really talking about. He's laying down the first premise of growth, the first premise of us walking deep, the first premise, he said, I pray you be rooted and grounded in this love of Christ. He said, he said the love of Christ got to be more real to you than any other love. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me talk to some singles. Listen, just because you're single don't mean you got the market on being lonely. You can be married and lonely. You can be in a room full of relatives and lonely. (laughs) Let's go here, okay? Because because watch this. Because whatever you're missing, Jesus says he has it. So whether you're married or single, the source of your wholeness, the source of your everything is Jesus. If you let him, his love will make you whole. Uh, I'm telling you, our God is a bad enough God that you can walk around by yourself and be satisfied. Uh, Our God is a bad enough God that, that he'll make you, he'll give you a strut and a kimble in your walk. Oh, yes, he will. Our God is a bad enough God that the devil. You know why God allowed Job to be tested? Because he knew Job had tasted of his goodness and could not be moved. Y'all, y'all, know, y'all, y'all know the song, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, once you get really deep and tasting him, can't nothing move you off of how good he is. So when life throws its worst at you, your experience of his love lets you know that's outward things. Speak to the hand, because I know in whom I believe. 
Here Satan says, I done got everybody else, but you got a hedge set around your servant John. You won't let me touch his stuff. You won't let me touch his family. You won't let me touch. He said, he said, but I got a thing for you, God. He said, he said, let me touch his stuff and his family. And I will show you he don't love you the way he professed that he loves you. You know what God said? I know Job. I know Job don't have a, a surface relationship. I know Job has tasted of me and he know that I'm good. See, Job's relationship with me is based not on what I do for him, but it's based on who I am. Job done got past the give me stays. And now Job done got to the place where he gets satisfied in my presence. So, so even if I take away the hedge, Job got enough of me that whatever you do, you can't move him off of me. Is there anybody in the house got enough of Jesus where it doesn't matter what the devil throw at you, the devil can't move you off of Jesus? Devil go and do his worst and Job still prays it. Uh, is there anybody in the house that just want to praise God right now? Just because, just, just because, just, just because. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Devil come back and say, a man will trade his everything, but let me touch his body. God said, Satan, you don't understand. He knows how good I am. So Satan, I'm so good that no, how, no matter how much bad you throw at him, he hasn't tasted enough of my goodness. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Somebody didn't hear that. Have you tasted enough of Jesus' goodness that it can keep you through all your bad? Can, have you tasted enough of him that even when bad happened, you still can say, I know he's good. I know he got me. That's really where God wants to take us. That's what Paul is writing this, saying, I want you to be so grounded. That the foundation of your soul is so planted in this. Hold on, hold on, watch this. Watch this, watch this. Can, can, I, can I go here? Can I go here? They was going through the same things we go through. And Paul was not asking God to keep them out of trouble. 
They were being persecuted more than what we're being persecuted. And Paul is not praying for the outwardness. He's praying that they be so rooted on the inside that no matter what happens on the outside, that the strength on the inside was able to rise up against whatever happens on the outside and say, my God is God. <laughs> oh, he's good. Taste and see. Taste. Let's see. Pop, pop, pop goes on to say, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, our Jesus is so deep that, that, that he said, he said, there is dimensions to his love. Have you ever met a one dimensional person? They can only show one dimensionally, and you needed them to meet you at other dimensions. And they can only love you at one dimension. Well, I got news for you. Jesus can meet you at every dimension. Jesus is able to go deeper than deep. Until we see him like that, we're going to keep looking for other places. And those other places will always disappoint. Until you're satisfied with Jesus, you won't be satisfied with nothing. Until you get secure in him, I don't care what nobody gives you. I don't care what nobody does. Listen, Deion Sanders is, is, had just won the Super Bowl. He is playing for the Reds, and he says that he's riding down the expressway in Cincinnati, and he's thinking to himself after winning what he always wanted was a Super Bowl. He said, is this it? Is this all? He said he was so discouraged that he thought about driving this souped-up car into a parked car going 100 miles per hour down the expressway. And at that point of breaking, he gives his life to Jesus because he recognized that the world didn't have anything that could satisfy his soul. God says, Say, don't touch it. So that you gotta understand what soul is. Soul in the Old Testament is the combination of spirit and soul. And the reason why it doesn't say spirit, because when Adam disobeyed in the Old Testament, his spirit died. So now man is not a spirit soul man. He's a soul body man because when Adam disobeyed, his Spirit died. That's why in the New Testament, Jesus says you must be born again because you got to be born of the Spirit of God. I have to put back in you my likeness because when Adam disobeyed, my likeness died in man. But since God is spirit, he has to quicken your spirit so that you can look like Jesus. So now the Holy Spirit now abides in your spirit. So now you spirit, soul, and body. Let me speak to some Christians. 
Satan may touch your body. He may affect your emotions, but he can't touch your spirit. The spirit part of you, he can't touch. God deals with your spirit. And, watch it. and the spirit part of you can give you enough that you can stand up in the midst of trouble. You can stand up in the midst of persecution. You can stand up in the midst of being mistreated. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. The problem is, is this. You and I got to go and believe and get it. Got to press your way through and take the promises that it gives you as true. He said, said, when you seek for me with all of your heart, then you will find me. Listen, not halfway. He said, listen, I gave all of myself do you think I'm going to let you give part of your? You know what? We play games with God. Lord, I give you a little. You know what God says? I give you a little. Okay, Lord, I give you a little bit more. God said, okay, I give you a little bit more. You only get as much as you give. Of him. What's, what's this? What's this? He says, only, he says, the pure in heart will see God. He's not talking about in heaven. He's talking about God said, I am revealing myself to those that are allowing me to purify their heart. Watch this. The more mess you got in your heart, the less of God you see. I'm just translating. He said, but as I begin to remove the mess, I will reward you. We was talking in the office, and we came to this conclusion. God, when he's molding you, it hurts. (laughs) But hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't stop there. While he's molding you and it's hurting He'll showing you more of himself. And the more of himself that he's showing you is good. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That means that it's possible to be hurting and be blessed at the same time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So that means that if you're allowing God to show you, you can hurt and oh, it's so good. Hold on. Hurt? So good. Hold on. He hurt you more. It's even better. Because in the hurting, he's showing. So, so what's this? I'd rather hurt. Huh? He's pruning me. He's what? He's pruning me. You're talking like a man that's going through it. You're talking like a man that's being pruned. Yes, sir. But he's pruning you so you can be more fruitful. Yes, sir. Because unless he prunes you, you can't be fruitful. So he got to cut on you to bring out of you 
what he put in you. So he's pruning you and he's really blessing you. You may not see it now, but later on you're going to get a big return. There's something about Jesus that makes the hurt so good. Let me, let me, let me, let me end this. Let me, let me end this. He says, taste and see that the Lord. Now look, now look at the dimension. He said, he said, he said, let them come to know the height of it, the depth of it, the width of it, the deepness of it. And what he says is this. He says that he's so high, you can't get over him. He said he's so low, you can't get under him. He's so wide, you can't get around him. He's so deep that you can't get through him. You know what he's saying? He's saying no matter how deep you go, he's deeper yet. No matter how high you go, he's higher yet. No matter how low you go, low in hurt, low in pain, low in situation, low in hurt, low in people, low. Sometimes the situation seems low. It says Jesus is lower yet. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. That means that no matter what the devil do to you, Jesus is more than enough to keep you. Oh, he's good. Not just sometimes, but he's good all the time. The church, what's this? He is saying this prayer to say what the church needs more than anything else is to be washed, to be reigned in the love of Jesus. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. Man, I got a favor to ask. I'm going to ask it. When you go home, I want you, matter of fact, you got the bob, you got the cap in my office. Put your cap on. Go in the shower. Turn the shower all the way up. Don't take off nothing. Freak on. Yes, sir. Yes, and you stay in there until you soak in wet. Yes, sir. Make sure every inch. is wet. Then, come out and walk around the house. Matter of fact, I want you to go on the couch and sit down. I want you to move all the way Come on. I want you, I want you, I want you, where, where you, where you, Go, go, go hug your wife with your wet self. Go ahead. I ain't kidding with you. Go on, girl. Now listen, now listen. 
You know what that is? Stop. That noise he was making was, was the water coming out of his shoes. Now hug her with your wet self. Hold on. Y'all don't get the picture, do y'all? Everywhere he goes is being affected by his wetness. Whatever he sits on. Go, 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 yeah, man. God, I think they need some. Whatever he does is affecting everybody else. Why? Because the water from the outside has got on the inside. He's leaving footprints all up in the pulpit. Man, go sit your wet self down, man. But that's what God is really calling the church to be. So wrapped up, so soaked up, so, 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 so filled up. He goes on to say that verse, he said, he said, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, that you may be filled with the presence of God, that when you walk out of your house and folks come by you, they can't help but get wet with the presence of God. No matter where you go, there's the presence and the love of God. You sit down, it gets wet. You walk around, it gets wet. That you're changing the atmosphere because God has so changed the attitude, the personality of you on the inside that folks can talk about you but don't let them get too close to you because they're going to be affected by your love. Listen, you don't let the atmosphere affect you. You got the power to affect the atmosphere. If you want enough, let folks talk about you and hug them anyway and you're going to change something in them. Built up, overflowing, overflowing with the love of Jesus. Isn't that what he did to you? It was love that saved you. It was love that rescued you. It was love that snatched you out. It was love that went to the cross. It was love that hung there. It was love that went in the grave. It was love that got up three days later. It was love that sent the Holy Spirit. It was love that saved you. If his love saved you, then can't his love keep you? That is what he's calling and empowered all of us to be. Listen, not do, be. You do it 
because you are. If you're trying to do it without being it, you faking it. When it's on the inside, you can't help it. And folks can't change it. That's why you praise him when you up. You praise him when you're down. You praise him because you can't help it. There's something about Jesus. When you start thinking about how he brought you, how he kept you, how he's been there, through your ups, through your downs, you can't help it. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. Oh, he's good. Not just sometimes, but he's good all the time. If you think about it, you can't help. 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 Is there anybody in the house that know that Jesus been good? Is there anybody in the house know he brought you? He kept you. He saved you. Right now, 